0: Welcome to the archives of Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Joseph Brodsky, a winner of the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1987, was the United States National Poet Laureate in 1991. Born in what is now St. Petersburg, Russia, when it was called Leningrad, he grew up in a communal apartment and was very active in language and literary pursuits, receiving a great deal of attention in that area from his mother. In 1963 Brodsky was denounced by a Leningrad newspaper that called his poetry pornographic and anti-Soviet. He was interrogated and his papers were seized and twice he was put in mental institutions. He was arrested and indicted on a charge of parasitism and in a secret trial he was called a pseudo-poet in velveteen trousers who failed to fulfill his constitutional duty to work honestly for the good of the motherland. Yet no fault was found with the content of his poetry. One of the more interesting comments Joseph Brodsky made when he was a guest on this program in 1991 when it was called Government Politics and Ideas was his suggestion that there be a book of poetry in every hotel room right next to the Bible. He said he didn't think that the telephone book would mind. He began our conversation by describing the role of the poet laureate and his ideas about poetry.
1: the program of The task is to is connected with the mail because one receives uh, an extraordinary amount of manuscripts, uh, which um, well, which either inquire about um, well some sort of uh, which solicit either opinion or endorsement.
0: Let me ask you about the function of poetry in a culture. You, uh, I know, are familiar with uh, the. Russian culture in the area of Leningrad, and now St. Petersburg, where you grew up, and I know that you're very familiar with the American culture, and I wonder if you could comment on the function of poetry in a culture from your perspective, having a multicultural background.
1: Well, function of poetry in the culture, poetry is the part of the culture, or cultures in a sense, if you will, is a spin-off of poetry, because uh, uh, poetry is a very how should I put it to you, very ancient enterprise, a song came before the story, if you um, uh, if you don't mind my saying so. And um, it's simply, well, since we're on the radio, I, I guess I should be succinct, well, I would say poetry generates culture, that's all. That's what's functioned there.
0: In a, the current issue of The New Republic, the November 11th, 1991 issue, you have uh, presented and a perspective which you call an immodest proposal
1: Actually, editorial choice uh,
0: all right um i see that it it's a play on on a title of of someone else i know that mm-hmm. um but you indicate that the culture needs to come halfway to the poet, or the society needs to come halfway to the poet to receive and distribute the poet's works. Can, can you articulate or tell us a little bit about?
1: Oh, I, uh, can, I can try. Well, basically, um, um, uh, there is that issue, well, uh, um, raised uh, uh, by various people uh, uh, in various parts of society, time and again, about the, Duty responsibility of a poet to society well this is well there are many ways to court boredom, and this uh this issue is sh- surely a shortcut essentially uh it's a funny issue well because uh well poet is in a sense uh is self employed he is not appointed by society so um uh, it's not for society to speak uh, to talk about well uh, presumably by the uh, right of majority in a sense uh well society can talk about the responsibility of a poet over it but well um i well it would be hard to um uh, uh to envision uh, um how should i put to you, uh how would society determine well the uh, the duty and should the uh, and should the poet then abide by that definition well simply uh, uh well that would be in a sense uh, tyranny <laughs> Well, on, the, on the other hand, a poet is also not to uh, define the duty of, his duty towards society because uh, uh, he's in the minority of one, and the minority of one is not, is not supposed to define its, how should I put it, um, its uh, relation uh, towards, uh, 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 towards the majority. That would be anarchy. Well, essentially, a uh, poet has only one duty, well, on this uh, earth, well, this is uh, uh, to write well. Well, it's duty not so much towards his society or uh, or even to uh, his immediate, well, uh, well, social context, if you will, but it's his duty towards the language. Uh, well, he, uh, and ultimately it's uh, his, um, well, it, uh, ultimately it's his specific duty to himself. It has to do with the self-esteem to produce a work of lasting consequence of enduring, if you will, beauty. Well, uh, well, by doing that by writing in the language of society and by writing well he takes a gigantic in my view step towards the society and the society's job is presumably uh, to meet him halfway that is to read his work Well I'm, when I'm talking well I'm talking in, in that sort of a singular manner a poet um, basically uh, we're talking about the poets uh, um, uh, there are plenty uh, of poets. In this country, not to mention uh, the huge patrimony of poetry in this country, <laughs> um, uh, which uh, simply are not read by society. That is, plenty of men uh, of letters, so to speak, well, uh, took gigantic strides towards uh, their respective uh, contemporaries, and well, uh, and yet, and yet, and yet, they haven't been read. And my job as a poet laureate, uh, the way I understand it, is to simply to change the situation somewhat, to uh, as it were, spread the word.
0: How do you propose to change the situation?
1: Well, uh, for one thing, uh, for one thing, um, I simply uh, 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 I'm trying to use every opportunity uh, at hand, and there are not that many uh, to convince the publishers. Uh, uh, to produce uh, um, uh, to produce uh, books and collections of poetry in a greater volume. That's a. Be to distribute them in a more uh, sensible and more substantial manner than they uh, they normally do normally poetry is uh, collections of poetry are segregated to the bookstores which are segregated uh, either to the main drugs uh, or uh, the, uh, the university campuses in this country well there are vast territories uh, in the nation which uh, will uh, have no bookstores practically well within the uh, sensible radius so uh, my idea would be simply uh, to make publishers to think, or distributors, if you will, uh, to think a bit more enterprisingly, that is, um, uh, that is to, uh, to contact, well, let's say, supermarket chains, drug stores, well, that sort of thing, and, uh, well, and as uh, you quoted uh, at the beginning, uh, the motel chains. The uh, the thing is the thing is that well uh, there is a sort of uh, old assumption that very small percentage uh, of uh, um, of public of uh, society reads poetry. Well, uh, the perception is uh, both uh, accurate and inaccurate. Well, that is well it's accurate in terms of indeed that the numbers of poetry readers are somewhat um, uh, limited. Well, the reasons for uh, which are cited. Well, and from that is uh, from that uh, very often. Uh, people infer um, the um, uh, the notion that uh, poetry is not terribly significant in the lives of people. Well, it is so simply because of the small numbers uh, in which it's being published. And the small numbers, the the phenomenon of these small numbers, uh, well, uh, it comes well, uh, from uh, a certain inertia that exists. Well, it's uh, practically medieval, or let's say, renaissance, if if wish the more noble sound. <laughs> Inertia, simply because it has to do with the period when indeed, well, uh, uh, both writing and reading poetry was the privilege of the few, that is, uh, the privilege of those who uh, w- were literate. Literacy was limited and was the privilege of the few people, of the fewer people than today. Nowadays, practically, well, everyone is literate. Well, uh, well up to a certain degree, of course, well, well, this qualifies understanding. Essentially, uh, well, everybody is literate, and uh, uh, for that reason, everybody is entitled or capable of reading poetry. However, the publishing uh, proceeds um, by the um, uh, by the criteria which owes, uh, so to speak, its existence. Um, uh, well, let's say to the time immemorial, to the past. But the publishing doesn't take into consideration both this of universal, nearly universal literacy.
0: In the New Republic article, you write that poetry is not a form of entertainment and in a a certain sense, not even a form of art, but our anthropological genetic goal, our linguistic evolutionary beacon. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could comment on that uh, as poetry being an anthropological or an evolutionary act.
1: It's very simple. Well, of the uh, of the well, whatever it is, from the rest of the animal kingdom is our ability uh, for speech. Well, then uh, presumably we should try to master the uh, well uh, the highest forms of that speech. That would be logical, wouldn't be? Well, and poetry is simply supreme form of human locution. Well, this way poetry is indeed our uh, simply our anthropological genetic goal.
0: You go on to use the reference uh, in your article in The New Republic and, and write that we seem to sense this as children when we absorb and remember verses in order to master language. As adults, however, we abandon this pursuit, convinced that we have mastered it. And then what you say following, I think, is sheds a, a great deal of light on it. And I'd like you to elaborate, if you can, when you write, yet we've mastered, what we have mastered is but an idiom. Good enough, perhaps, to outfox an enemy, to sell a product, to get laid, to earn a promotion, but certainly not good enough to cure anguish or
1: cause joy. That's right, I've said that, and uh, I don't think, uh, well, I don't think there's uh, any, uh, well, I don't think I can elaborate on it, it says that.
0: You go on to talk about um, an anthropological crime. If if we don't distribute poetry, um, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, we simply um, uh, we simply slow down um, um, our evolution, uh, uh, our, our own, so to speak, evolution. Well, as a species, well, but more narrowly as individuals, we could have been uh, well, far more advanced, far more, far more intricate, far more mental, enterprising individuals, had we read poetry well, more on a f- more frequent basis than we do. And whatever flows that, uh, and whatever prevents um, uh, us from doing it, is indeed an anthropological crime. It's a crime against our so specific nature. Well, well, I put it in a, a bit, well, in a bit shrill, in a bit drastic manner, for a very simple reason, because I want people to sort of, uh, uh, I want people simply to cut off and, uh, changing their practices. It's, uh, how should I put it to you? Well, the, uh, uh, maybe I say that in the same, in that same article, well, we, we seem to have, oh, well, um, mm, uh, uh, we seem to have a very high sentiment about well uh, the Nazis well somewhere in the in the thirties when Hitler came to power uh, uh, about them burning books, but I think the, uh, uh, uh i think uh, well a process far more perhaps pernicious than burning books is not reading books yeah well, and that's I think well what we are in a sense uh, guilty of.
0: Can you uh, give us your thoughts on, uh, perhaps poetry on television?
1: Since people- would be against, well, I understand that it's a medium that was will uh, 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 well, have a greater access to the people. But uh, I think, uh, uh, well, I'm against uh, poetry on television. I'm against uh, poetry and the video and that sort of thing. Simply because poetry is not a visual experience. Well, noise, uh, noise is well in the final analysis even an audio experience, although it has more with that to do with that than with the visual experience. Poetry. Well, um, what distinguishes poetry or literature, for that matter, from other arts is that it doesn't uh, play. Well, it doesn't employ so much the human viscera. Well, well, the adventure that takes place during the reading takes place um, uh, uh, not uh, uh, on the surface of your senses. Well, but it takes place right in your mind.
0: But there is a performance aspect or a listening aspect to the society that hears the poet, particularly in the pre-literate society. And if we have the poetry,
1: well, uh, well, it was fine for Homer to recite his hexameters uh, uh, to, uh, to the public gatherings, etc., etc., et but, well, he was doing that simply for the reasons of, uh, of illiteracy on the part of the society, Yeah, We are literate; we can read it. Well, and it's, uh, well, p- reading poetry or dealing with poetry is uh, uh, it's ultimately the most intimate experience. Well, this is something that you, in the final analysis, can't really properly share. Well, uh, that is, well, it's, uh, well, poetry deals with individual on a t-a-t-a-t-t basis. And, uh, uh and, uh, uh, I, well, I simply, uh, I simply, uh, uh, well, the thing about the visual experiences or audio experiences, if you will, well, that they are, uh, in, in fact, uh, in the final analysis, uh, they, mm, well, uh, they uh, undercut uh, the aspect of your personal responsibility in what you're doing, in what you, well, when you read, it becomes, uh, well, it's your own act. You register uh, what you read, you think about what you read. Whereas when you're given that on the screen, or through the amplifier, well, uh, well, it just uh, leaves your retina or uh, the membrane uh, the next second.
0: It doesn't stay. You mentioned uh, earlier in our discussion that America has a huge patrimony of poetry. Do you feel that uh, the body of poetry, if that's what you're referring to, is greater in this country than it is in other cultures?
1: I honestly do think so. Can you explain? Uh, uh, Well, simply even numerically. To begin with, this is a, a, a very populous nation. And for the last century and a half, Uh, you had an extraordinary amount of remarkable work produced. Well, and uh, 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 simply, well, I think, I think, well, uh, we have more poetry, so to speak, produced per capita, (laughs) if I can use this uh, uh, terminology here. Well, then let's say, then, um, um, uh, then I would say, then Germany, than France. I, both, both. I'm taking them
0: separately, not together. Then if we take the patrimony of poetry and your analysis that America is now a literate country, would that be the distinction that you might draw between the more bardic tradition of European poetry and, uh, as you said, Homer reading to the masses?
1: Well, uh I'm not able clear on uh, uh, the distinction that you are trying to make. What I'm trying to say is that, uh, um, uh, 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 that this country, uh, by the means of the poetry available to it, yet not touched, could be quickly, fairly quickly, turned into enlightened democracy. Well, and uh, there is every opportunity for that. Well, there is every uh, well. Uh, there is little will. That's the problem, as I see it. And what I'm trying to uh, to uh, uh, to do is to alert the will. Well, as for the bardic tradition, it depends. Uh, it it varies uh, even on this nation, and it varies on the continent. Well, the modern idiom of delivery a poem is a sort of a deadpan, flat. Well, um, uh, an emphatic manner well uh, because many a poet is is sort of afraid of or apprehensive of a of a sardonic mind of a sardonic reader who's just uh, uh who would just smirk at the poet's uh, delights and ruptures and um uh, uh so therefore he tries to be uh, well uh, a poet tries to be sort of a, a deadpan level, uh level well speaking that level voice to abandon and so speak that Bardic tradition uh, that you call uh, uh, that you call it, but um, poetry, as you see, it's a great mistake in my view because um, uh, poetry is the is not uh, an act of self-effacement. It's it's an art. Uh, it's an art of assertion. And if you want to be self-effacing, well, you can, um, as a poet, you can take the next logical step and completely shut up.
0: When you make a reference to an enlightened democracy, I hear an indication uh, with which I would agree as to the darkness of our democracy now.
1: Yeah, but it's it's dimming.
0: In trying to uh, lighten it up, if we... we, Do you have a feeling or an idea or a focus in your role as the National Poet Laureate about how we can uh, enlighten our democracy beyond um, distribution of the poetry, as you've described earlier this evening, or um, do you see a focus of teaching poetry in the schools?
1: Well, there is that, but well, it always, you can't really legislate or introduce it, uh, that sort of thing or introduce it on the federal basis, on the, on, the, on, the basis of the, on the level of federal government. The most natural thing would be to think about some, some equivalent of Ministry of Culture. But in our country, it won't work simply, uh, whatever, well, we, when we hear of federal government, we immediately uh, think of the post office. Well, um, uh, of course it would, be, uh, it would be attractive to change the teaching, well, uh, to, uh, to get a better teachers of literature, etc., etc. But that's, uh, uh, that may transpire, that may come to pass, but, uh, but it's not the case right now, and I'm dealing with the situation uh, at hand. What, uh, so what I want to do uh, 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 to create a situation where it's distributed in a, in a far grander manner, poetry, and I would say something else, I would say history. What I would do, what I would do if, well, what I would do, well, this is just well, sort of a wishful, not, not wishful, it's sort of a, a shrill song, but well, what I think what should be done is uh, that we should sort of have um, compiled somehow I don't really know who a body of historians, if you will well, uh, we well, should compile uh, a sort of a, a, a canon of historical events as we know them through recorded history Well, and give each uh, phenomenon each event, let's say uh, the uprising of Spartacus, the fall of Rome I don't really know what the Peloponnesian War you name it, yeah uh, well, minimum to each phenomenon, uh, to each event, we should give uh, that sort of canon. Canon should have um, uh, three interpretations, so that a pupil, a student, an individual, reading it, would be able to pick up his own interpretation of the uh, event. That is, to give him, a, so to speak, a multiple choice, yeah? Well, this will, uh, uh, apart from anything else, this will engage people uh, in the... Uh, a more enterprising. Well, uh, in, in their personal involvement, it will create an element of personal involvement if, in, in uh, individuals' assessment of, uh, of, uh, of historical facts. Well, uh, it will give him uh, well a more sort of uh, stereoscopic sense of what happened uh, uh, to, uh, to us, to the species, well uh, throughout history. Well, th- th- this way we will think. Uh, we will we'll think in a more how should I put it, in, in a more
0: multifaceted manner. Let me ask you about your travels as the National Poet Laureate. You indicated uh, that you will be traveling to Albuquerque in the next few days. Is it, is it is it your plan or part of your duties to travel around the country and promote uh, what we've been talking about and other ideas?
1: Uh, in a sense, in a sense, it's not the part of my duty, but I regard it as such. I dislike doing that, but, well, I think it's necessary. Uh, well, this is, you see, I'm not doing that normally. Normally what I do as a poet um, of some repute, well, uh, I'm invited, uh, I'm getting invited to this or that place, and then I go and read my own poems. Well, this year, being um, sort of hired, as it were, by the Library of Congress, um uh, in washington i regard myself so to speak as a uh, as a public servant well and uh, well and uh, i'll just try to do uh, th- that's exactly what i'm going to do well uh, for the duration of this year as much as i can do it well
0: you uh, mentioned that you perhaps fancy yourself uh, as sort of a surgeon general that effect, yeah. uh, can you um, tell us about that?
1: Well, no, it's simply it's um, it's along the same lines to improve the natu- national national uh, how should I put it uh, culture, not exactly health. Well, I don't presume uh, so much, but uh, habits uh, um, uh, to make the nation develop better habits. It's like quitting smoking, though I smoke.
0: Well, Joseph Brodsky, the National Poet Laureate, I want to thank you very much for being with us here on... Well, thank you very much. And uh, Hopefully, in your travels, uh, you will be coming uh, to the reaches of Northern California. I dearly hope I will. Well, thank you very much. Joseph Brodsky received the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1987 and was the United States National Poet Laureate in 1991. He is the author of many books, including A Part of Speech, a volume of poetry published in 1977, Less Than One, a book of essays published in 1986, To Urania, a book of poems published in 1998. Marbles, a play in three acts, published in 1989. Copies of this and other editions of Radio Curious can be found on our website, www.radiocurious.org. There are over 750 archives on our website RadioCurious.org and I'm honored to tell you that Radio Curious is now part of the collection at the Library of Congress we appreciate your cards ideas and letters and do enjoy hearing from you the email is Curious at RadioCurious.org the postal address is 700 West Smith Street Ukiah, California 95482